0: This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat Brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host And this is episode 180 On the podcast this week, digital editor Alex is fresh back from a trip to Bologna And she chats to travel editor Rhiannon about why to visit Italy in the winter months Think cosy wine bars, hearty ragu and pumpkin pasta dishes And plenty of Christmas stock and fillers to take back for your friends and family So I'm travel editor Rhiannon, and I'm here talking to Alex, a digital editor, who is just back from a late autumn, early winter trip to Bologna. Mm -hmm. And I mean, northern Italy is lovely in that time of year, isn't it? People think of Italy sometimes as a really summery summer destination, but actually, especially in the north, it's got that really Christmassy or festive um, chocolate box feel. And um, I know we've done something in the past about Turin and its lovely nutty chocolates and that's that's over in Piemonte but you were over on the more eastern side in Bologna um and presumably it was magical too
1: yeah it was fab so um I've wanted to go to Bologna for years because obviously it's called La Grazza they call it so which is like the fat one (laughs) um so all the all of Italians see it as like this amazing foodie mecca and it's actually positioned between um three like DOC DOP DOC um places so it's uh, Parmigiano reggiano Parmaham and balsamic vinegar so the places that they're originally produced are all like in a triangle around bologna and um hadn't got round to going and then it turned out that place the time I could do with my partner was November and then we actually thought you know what's probably the best time to go because yes it's really nice to go and like wander around the beautiful cities but you've got Florence and Venice for that and we thought Bologna even though it's still beautiful there's loads of beautiful piazzas and lovely streets but mm. actually what you're wanting to go for is the really hearty ragu and the cozy wine bars and like the really seasonal ingredients so um Yeah. And very, very heavy pasta dishes. And we wanted to eat a lot of pasta. So perfect time.
0: Perfect timing. (laughs) And also, who wouldn't want to lose themselves in a Bermuda Triangle of those delicious things at this time of year when you need fattening up? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, So what what those, because it is really known for pasta. Mm -hmm. So what kind of pasta dishes did you find there?
1: Um... Well, there's quite specific pasta dishes. So obviously, you've got bolognese, um, which has which became spaghetti bolognese from um, the American like Italians, and that's what. Um,
0: because th- is this true that bolognese doesn't really come from Bologna?
1: But bolognese like the ragu sauce does, but the, the dish as we know it. Yeah, so it's not spaghetti. They would never serve it with spaghetti. Okay. It's like. Um, there's a couple of other dishes like that. They're like, oh, how would you serve it with? Um, so it's they serve it with tagliatelle or pappardelle or something you okay. know that's quite flat, so it soaks up the ragu sauce, um, and we had that everywhere we went which was amazing and this time of year also they do it they sometimes they do lots of ragu with uh, ingredients such as like hair and wild boar so you know there's really hearty gamey um ingredients and the thing that we I didn't know about before I was doing some research to find out where to go because obviously always ask my foodie friends and um the main dish is called tortellini in brodo, and that's um, tiny pork or beef mince parcels in a clear um, chicken stock or beef broth, um, and which is often associated with Christmas amongst Italians. It's like the whole family gets involved uh, to make a batch of these like intricate, tiny little parcels, and they're made from a really thin sheet of pasta dough called, that they call sfoglia. Um, and there's actually a, a video of the pasta grannies doing it on youtube <laughs> uh, which is really sweet and then um, i know ellie our digital writer and editorial assistant she did a interview with the pasta grannies uh, so I, i'm not sure what episode the podcast is but um, go and look at that, listen to that because it's fascinating what they do um it's just amazing to watch as well oh, the way they do it. It's incredible yeah. yeah I'd love to learn how to make it but I don't think my hands quite <laughs> would, would be intricate enough to do that um, and so we had it in every restaurant we visited and our favourite was um, a recommendation from uh, BBC Good Food Friend and that was um, Al Osteria Bottega which is really ne- neighbourhoody restaurant a little bit further out in the centre but you get the really local atmosphere there and we also had loads of
0: ravioli stuffed with like seasonal ingredients which was so so good really nice um and what i mean what kind of ingredients or produce is there at This time of year or that time of year when you were there? You were kind of on the cusp, weren't you? Yeah, so November
1: is a difficult one. I went to River Cottage last last weekend, just dropping that one in there. (laughs) Um, And uh, the chefs were saying it's a really difficult time of year for uh, produce because... autumn is like amazing for chefs because mm-hmm. you've got all of um especially in Italy because you've got your truffles and your pumpkin and chestnuts and everything mm-hmm. and um so we were seeing because obviously it's been uh we won't go into global warming but it's been a a warm year and a long autumn so we were still seeing all of those ingredients um and the pasta dishes really lend themselves to the time of year because they can use those like I was saying before they can use really rich gamey like ingredients in their ragu so you've got your boar hare, and duck and then the ravioli we had pretty much everywhere we went it was stuffed with pumpkin and squash which is so delicious um and there's a quite a special like a quite a specific dish called um capillacci capillacci uh, parcels which means little hats from a near, uh, nearby town in emilia romana and they're spe- the speciality specifically stuffed with pumpkin so we tried that at Dachisari which was recommended by another friend. And that was our overall favourite restaurant to try Bologna's traditional dishes because it was really cosy and full of locals and like big, big long tables. Families and lined and with, yeah, everyone. And there. like businessmen and like older, like groups of older people. And it was like
0: lined with bottles of really dusty Barolo. <laughs> so yeah, proper, proper nice. Italian um that barolo that's a good point i know that's a bit that's from piemonte as well isn't it mm-hmm. it's a bit further over but um there must have been great wines there what else did yeah. you try yeah so
1: well emilia Romana neighbors tuscany and as well as Piemonte, so you can imagine that there are plenty of um plenty of options so the dominant grapes um include the really aromatic white malvasia and um rich like ruby red Barbara, and then the most well known grape of the area sangiovese which um Sometimes can get a bad rep, but Mm -hmm. you can get some really great ones on on all the menus. It's really rich, but smooth with like violet and like wild berry notes. And that goes really well with the ragu. Um, And also, it's known for the sparkling red wine Lambrusco. And Ooh, also that has a bit of a bad <laughs> rep sometimes, but you can still find some really great versions that go really well with all of the prosciutto and salumi.
0: I think isn't Asti Spumante from around that area as well? Uh, probably. It, not such. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Although maybe there are some delicious. We're not snobs. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It's just it's really interesting. Also, whenever you these things that we have over here are often not as good as when you're trying it over there, and things that you might have discounted over here you try in the Place that they come from, and they're just a world apart. Yeah. So, I was actually speaking
1: to when I got back. Um, my brother's partner works for uh, Pernod Ricard, and she was talking about Prosecco mm. and saying how because it hasn't got the like champagne DOP, is it DOP or DOC? AOC in French, but um, the, the state protection, protective status. Um, you can get we can get some really. I'll use the word rubbish, Um, Prosecco's over here. But if you're having Prosecco in Italy, she said she's had some incredible ones. So Uh, I'm going to pick her brains about those because, um,
0: yeah, you can get amazing, really cheap Prosecco in in Bologna as well. And so if you want to try the lovely wines, Mm -hmm. um, where do you go in Bologna? um well again the city is just full of these really cozy wine bars
1: but also um you can still sit out so we sat out in one of the lovely squares and had a glass of wine and some aperitif and it's really really lovely but there's a lot of little like negroni dens we had a lot of negronis um and one of the the great really really atmospheric places was called Osteria del Sole and that's been around since 1465 mm. and there's like people there's like rumours around saying it's like for the oldest wine bar in the world which sure because I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> drinking wine before, before then. then but um it was so bustly and the owner has a selection of bottles open at the bar and you just choose between them and you just point at what you want. He says like red or white and he just fills a glass right to the top. <laughs> like you get these quite small little glasses but he fills it right to the top and then there's big groups of people and you go and get your whatever food you want from the neighbouring market stalls and salu marias so it's great it's really really it's, that's just what you want is it? it yeah it's nothing pretentious
0: yeah because sometimes you can get quite pretentious wine bars but yeah. it's just spot on just what you <laughs> wanted um, and Bologna Um, prosciutto salumi did you yeah we had a lot of things as well (laughs) we fit. we we fitted in a
1: lot of food Um, so there's mortadella which is really well known um, in the area and also palm ham is made only an hour away and um, there's there's quite a few different specific ones including culatello um and then you can try a selection of these at like there's a place called la Prosciuteria, where you order big platters of the meats along with um so you can get salami and the fennel studded finocchiona which is my That favorite. sounds great mm. and then you get cheeses and like nuts and things like that and they come on these huge huge boards which is really um Really cool. Tempting, yeah. <laughs> and then there's um, an open air market street called Via Pescheri Vecchi, uh, which means Old Fish Street. Which doesn't sound appetizing for somewhere that's lined with food. It's literally the streets are lined with these little tiny grocers in these little caves. It's really, really atmospheric again. And there are some fishmongers, so that's kind of um, They've kept the traditions and they've got it's their nice proper to like that. their fruit and veg their grocers, they've got their salumeria's which sells all of the meats, and they've got their fish shops. So it's still very much rooted in tradition. And um yeah, you've, you, it's a really atmospheric place to go because um, lots of the salumerias have uh, tables and chairs outside, but it's still under awning, so it feels really cosy and warm. And um, they have salumi boards, which are served with the tigel, tigeli bread, sorry about my pronunciation, which are little baked bread discs that are served in like canvas bags to keep them warm, and you just stuff your um, salumi into those, which are really delicious. Yummy. Um, And also, yeah, I think um, November, December is perfect uh, time to visit because it's good for stocking fillers. So... um I won't say what I got because my family <laughs> might be listening to this, but uh, I bought lots there for everyone. Um, and you can go to lots of places. So there's a place called Salumeria Simoni, which um, is famous for its a mortadella. They actually do mortadella tours of the city, so that's quite interesting if you want to really learn about the Salumi. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the very famous Tamburini, which is a deli on a cor- corner. You can't really miss it. And... Um, the counters are literally stuffed with that. You can buy the tortellini and broth as well to take it, a- well, not in the broth, but you can buy the little tortellini to take away, take back with you. And they've got all of the cheese and meats and olives and everything. It's
0: incredible. And it's such a good, that's a nice thing about traveling at that time of year, isn't it? That you can then bring back these lovely foodie gifts that you're just not going to find um, back home. Or, you know, it's and there's something special about having actually bought them from a certain place that mm. kind of gives them something extra doesn't it yeah um, absolutely but what else of your trip. yes um what else did you find besides salami from in terms of kind of christmasy foodie gifts well chocolate <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: again i'm just gonna have to tell my family not to listen mm. to this before they get their presents but um there's some really really great chocolate shops um and so vinci um, has an amazing, it's also really great to go and get a really thick hot chocolate. It's oh, like, that kind of molten yeah, chocolate. I said to my boyfriend, I said, I really want this hot chocolate. It's so specific in my mind what I have, what I want. And went there and obviously they delivered. Um, and it's served in this little cup, but it's almost like a paste. It's so thick. And um, that, you can get that in England as well they've, it's actually made its way across um, there's one in Richmond and one in Hampstead I think uh, but it was actually established in 1878 in Turin which is a few hours west of Bologna um, and it's like very smart and they've got lots of little pralines and guandugia the hazelnutty chocolate and um, and that's then, the one that Turin's really well known for, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then there's also Magiani, which is another smart but more traditional chocolate shop. And that's, um, that was where Italy's first solid chocolate scorza, which translates as tree bark, was made in 1832 in Bologna. So, fun fact for you that that's you could give us a give of a pub quiz. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I came back, my bag literally was stuffed with salumi and
0: chocolates. So Your Your family must definitely not listen to this. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> um It sounds fantastic and very delicious. Um, Thank you very much, Alex. If you want to read more about Alex's trip, um, look out for her online guide coming out shortly. Um, And there's also a feature on the website from a while back about a cookery holiday that someone took in Bologna, which is really Um. nice about explaining some of the dishes in more t- traditional pasta dishes in yeah. more detail um and also i would say look out for our lovely christmas markets feature which includes bologna yes
1: yeah, so unfortunately i so i would say actually go beginning of december even if you can because we were there uh, like 22nd of november ish and the christmas market was starting the following weekend so Drat. a bit disappointed <laughs> yeah so maybe
0: go the okay. first, first half to December. And take a big suitcase. Yes, by the sounds of it. suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the Olive Magazine Podcast. If you liked this episode, please review and rate us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can still pick up a copy of our brilliant bumper Christmas issue on the newsstand now, or you can download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.